The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with your host, Jackie Pilisoff. No one should have to go through a divorce feeling alone and isolated. The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast is a production of Divorced Girl Smiling, where every show is 30 minutes aimed to empower you, help you feel validated and understood, and connect you with some of the best divorce professionals in the industry. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and start smiling as you join us right now for the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Before we get started, I wanted to take a minute and recommend a Divorced Girl Smiling trusted professional who I think is wonderful. Her name is Christine DiOrio, and Christine is a divorce attorney and estate planning attorney in Florida. Christine is a former state prosecutor and public defender. She's really, really smart, very experienced, has been inside the courtroom hundreds of times, maybe thousands, and decided a few years ago to change her practice and become a divorce attorney and estate planning attorney. She also went through a divorce herself and has kids. And Christine is so warm, so compassionate, and really dedicated to helping women going through a divorce. I just love her and have such a great, great impression of Christine. If you want to reach her, Christine can be found at christinediorio.com. That's her website. Or you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling. What is a gray divorce? That's what we're going to talk about in this podcast. If you are wondering what one is, or you know what a gray divorce is, and you're considering it, and you have some questions, and you don't really understand what the benefits and maybe disadvantages of a gray divorce are, this is a really good podcast for you. And I have a great guest to talk with about this. Her name is Sherry Morris. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Jackie. Wonderful to be here with you. Always nice having you on the podcast. Sherry is a lawyer turned divorce coach for the past eight years. She is a divorce and life transition coach, a co-parent coach, works with individuals and couples. She also works with high conflict divorce. And also, Sherry, don't you do discernment counseling as well? I sure do. I really like to help people with the decision, the opportunity to think about whether divorce is right for them. Okay. So for those of you who didn't know what discernment counseling, that's what that is. You go to Sherry and she talks to you about things and you open up and the three of you come to a conclusion whether a divorce is the right option for you. And that's such a hard question to answer that I think that is so valuable. Okay, so let's talk about gray divorce. So, Cherry, define gray divorce. Gray divorce can mean many things to many people, but in general, it's divorce after about the age of 50. You've had some life experience. You may have been married for a length of time. You may have even adult children. Um, so it's divorce in your later years. Of course, you don't necessarily have to have been married a long time or have adult children, but it's generally divorce 50 and later. So... In the recent years, the percentage of gray divorce is on the rise, right? It absolutely is. And, you know, 
I think there are many reasons for that, which we can talk about. Um, I think including that people are living longer and understand now that there's a next chapter. So rather than resign themselves to a partnership that maybe didn't work for a very long time, but they wanted to get their children to adulthood, for example, not necessarily a reason not to divorce, by the way, but a reason nonetheless, or they now recognize that they need something different for themselves in their next chapter. So they're looking and thinking about discerning, as you said, whether this is still a good fit. Well, when I grew up, people didn't really get divorced. So this generation of people getting divorced, gray divorce, their parents stayed together no matter what. And now it's different. And there's a lot of people realizing it, which is obviously the rise of gray divorce, either because they now know that they don't have to stay in a really bad situation like our parents did. I'm not saying ours, you and I, but like that generation. And also women at this age have had careers, jobs. They might have a savings. They feel financially secure. That's another reason. And everything is just different. But I do want to say as much confidence as people have to get a divorce, go through a gray divorce, it really is scary when you're over 50, don't you think? And why? I think that is so true, Jackie. I think there's so many considerations. First and and foremost, as we talked about, you have life experience. You don't take this lightly. You understand, especially if you've been in partnership for a very long time with one person, how different your life may look now. It's exactly the reason I think we need to think carefully about it, but it's a really big deal at any time of life, but especially now. And what do you think the fears are? Am I going to be alone? Am I going to die alone? That might be one. Yeah. You know, what else do people worry about in a gray divorce? Well, I think, you know, the aloneness comes in many forms, including if you have health issues, what happens to me? Who is my caretaker? Do I have to rely potentially on adult children who have their own full and rich lives? And do I want to have to do that and and make it their burden? So if you're in a relationship that maybe not may not be ideal, but you do have the ability to care for each other, just even on a physical level, that's a pretty big deal. So thinking about your journey in health and also the money, how are you going to take care of yourself? Now, as you said, sometimes people have more choices because they have had careers of their own. And also still dividing money means dividing money. So your lifestyle may shift and now you're more used to it. It's honestly, Jackie, much easier to be poor when you're young than when you're older, right? You get used to certain comforts. That is true. I want to address a couple things you said. So Sherry, you might not even know this about me, and I don't think my listeners do, but I worked in the elder care industry for a long time. I'm very in tune with people over 50. Really, it was like people over 60, but I'm almost 60. Being alone is probably the hardest thing for the elderly. Now, I don't want anybody listening to this to get turned off and say, okay, I'm not going to get a divorce because now I'm too afraid. But when I say being alone, that is the number one, I think, reason that scares the elderly about divorce. But what I want to say that I learned in, in this industry when I worked here is if you're thinking of getting divorced and you're over 50 and you're afraid of being alone, 
What I want to tell you is a couple things. And Sherry, tell me if you agree. First of all, it might be worse and you might feel more alone if you're married, married to the wrong person. Secondly, you have no chance of ever meeting anyone else if you're in your marriage. And lastly, being alone is okay as long as you stay social and you surround yourself with a lot of friends and you do things you love. I know countless people who live alone, who are older, who are divorced, and they love their lives because it's enriching. They play pickleball. They are in clubs. They play cards. They socialize. They go out to dinner with girlfriends. They play with their grandchildren. What do you think, Sherry? You nailed it, Jackie. And I think it is a sense of community. So I think it can be scary. And you must think about your connection to community, whether you are willing to rebuild it, already have one. I think in our culture, there's also an intersection of how we treat older people with this idea of divorce, that your value is somehow less and that Perhaps culturally, we don't give enough respect to our elders. So all of this can weigh heavily in your decision making because you're assessing your own value right in the world and what's next and best. But for example, if we look at The Golden Bachelor, and I don't know if you watched it. I did. You'll see a lot of, look, I am not necessarily a, you know, a fan of the franchise for a lot of reasons. We could, you know, go down that rabbit hole. But on the plus side, we saw a lot of fabulous women, right, with rich and full lives who didn't define themselves just in relation to, to Gary. They were okay with him not choosing them ultimately because they did have full and rich lives. And they're single. And some of them were divorced. Some, of course, had lost a spouse um, by death. But they also rebuilt a sense of community in life. So I think there are encouraging signs, even in our culture, of, of how to do things in a way that you get to the other side, that you see your value and that you're in community. I am so glad you brought up the Golden Bachelor because I have to talk about this for a second. So my daughter growing up loved The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So in order for me to spend time with her, I watched the whole thing for like 10 years. Awesome. And I did not like it. I was like, oh, I would cringe. And I, I couldn't even, I wrote about it. There's a lot of Divorce Girl Smiling articles on my disapproval of The Bachelor. But the Golden Bachelor, you just hit it on the head. Those women were so kind and there was this bonding and they didn't even care if they got Gary. They just wanted to make friends and they appreciated being there. And there was a maturity to them and a class and a grace and they weren't cutthroat and they kind of made fun of themselves for being old. And I absolutely adored the show. I thought it was so cute and done in such great taste. And I really thought The Bachelor was great too. So anyway, I had to say that because I, I it's don't know. True. It's great. I mean, it, and it, it's a great role model for exactly, I think, what we're talking about, that you do have to make an effort to build community and to see your value in the world. But staying active, doing the things that we know it takes as we grow older in our society it makes a real difference. I want to bring up one other thing you talked about, the financial part and the insurance. Now, for people listening, if you're in your 40s or 50s or even 60s 
and you're worried, like, if I get sick, who's going to take care of me? Another thing I learned at my job in in the elder care business was that you can get a long-term care insurance policy, and that will give you money to pay for a caregiver if you ever need it. If you're one of those people who doesn't want to go to your kids and don't want to have to worry about staying with someone who isn't right for you because you're worried about it, check into long-term care insurance. It's expensive, but you might be able to afford it and it might be an option for you. So I just wanted to bring that up. I'm really glad you did, Jackie. I am all about the nuts and bolts of how things look. And what I love about talking to you is we're very practical, right? We're talking about what it really means to go through a gray divorce. And finances are part of it, but thinking about your own care is part of it. So we're getting really granular and I love it. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm here today with divorce coach Sherry Morris, who has been a divorce coach for eight years, and we are talking about gray divorce. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into questions you should ask yourself if you are thinking about a gray divorce. We'll be right back. Erin Burt has been practicing divorce law since 2003, and for years she felt like so many of her clients were lost in the litigation world, a process that they thought was their best option. So that's why in 2010, Erin decided to completely shift gears and settle cases via mediation. So Erin Burt is a divorce attorney and all her cases are settled via mediation. She is known for being creative, caring, and just a role model in the divorce industry. Her actual top priority for her clients is client wellness, and I just love that. So if you want to find Erin Burt, she can be reached at her website, which is burtlaw.com, or of course, you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. I also want to take a minute and recommend another Divorce Girl Smiling trusted partner. Her name is Carla Kite, and Carla is a mortgage lender and a certified divorce lending professional, which means she has a huge specialty in helping people who are going through a divorce, and she has the training for it. So Carla went through her divorce herself, And this is personal to her, and she truly has a passion for helping people who are getting divorced. If you want to find Carla, she can be reached in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling, or you can find her at crosscountrymortgage.com slash kite-team, and it's K-Y-T-E. Welcome back to the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff. I'm your host. Today, I'm talking about gray divorce. I have a great guest. Her name is Sherry Morris. Sherry is an attorney turned divorce coach. She is a life transitioning coach. She's a co-parent coach. She works with individuals and couples and works with a lot of high conflict divorce. And obviously, gray divorce So Sherry, if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, "Mm, I don't know if I should get divorced and they're over 50, what are some of the questions they should ask themselves? 
So I think it's really important to talk about, is it the marriage that's the problem? So ask yourself, in in my professional opinion, when did I notice the disconnection with my spouse? Is it a disconnection with my spouse or myself? What have we done to try to reconnect? What have I done to try to help myself if in fact it's not them, but partly me? And frankly, it's always partly me. It's always us too, right? It takes two. But I think it's really important, especially on the front end, when you start feeling unsatisfied to figure out the stage of your life, if your children have just left home, if you're struggling with that midlife, what's next and best for me. And just make sure that it's the spouse and not something else. And do all that you can to explore that, including, I think it's really important, telling your spouse. Sometimes we don't, right? And people turn outside the marriage, um, have affairs, do other things. But if we're not feeling the connection, let's get in there and figure it out, whether it's something about us and or them. I just love that. I would say somebody should maybe say, if I was divorced and wasn't with this guy who's driving me crazy, would I be happy? And a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I'd be so much happier. But then think, what would my life be like? What am I really doing that's making me happy in life? What am I not doing that I feel like I should be doing? Am I happy with myself physically? Am I happy with my relationships with friends, with family, with other people? Do I have hobbies? Do I enjoy life? I mean, Sherry, these are all questions that you could have a really happy marriage and be miserable if these other things aren't good. Yes, yes, yes. I think it cannot be overemphasize. This is the most important part right now. Figure it out. Make sure it is the marriage and not something else. Okay. What else should you ask yourself? So I think it's really important to think because not everyone has a choice, right? Sometimes your spouse comes to you and say, I'm leaving and it's a great divorce. So I think whether you are asking for the divorce or have been asked for a divorce that you think about, what can I do to frame my next steps for success? So this is the part that's critical because it's so easy, especially if we're the one that is being asked for a divorce, we didn't want it or think we didn't have any idea that we bury our head in the sand, right? That we're not going to do anything, but it's critical now to your future, perhaps to your children's future, that you think in a really clear way about how to take care of yourself. And one of those things is, can this marriage be repaired if the divorce isn't your choice? If it can't, then how am I going to take care of myself? So this is still discernment to some degree, but it kind of bleeds over into the next step. If you find yourself in a gray divorce, really thinking about yourself, and, and we can talk more specifically about what that looks like. Well, I think you bring up a great point that that's why people need a divorce coach. I mean, when I got divorced, there was no such thing as divorce coaches. And I could have benefited because I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. And when we say, you know, set yourself up for a good life, well, maybe you don't even know what that is. And that's what a divorce coach helps you uncover through exercises and talking and learning about you and helping you come to decisions of what you really want to have a good life after the divorce. 
It's so true. And I think also in coaching, our goal is to always, at the beginning of the relationship, really get very concrete about who you are and your values at this time of transition where you may, as you said, not know what the heck you want or who you are or think you don't. But once we ground that place and ground the client with you, we then can hold you gently accountable to those values so that you act as your better self. I never want to hold someone to be their best self during a divorce. It's hard, right? Let's not discount that. But I do want to say, let's work together so that you can think as clearly as possible about how to take care of yourself and how to how to take care of your future. So I didn't even think of that. Not only does a divorce coach help you figure out what you want to do, but they hold you accountable to getting there. So- you know, you might say, well, a few sessions ago, you told me you wanted to be a substitute teacher. Have you pursued that yet? Uh, no, I've just been really depressed and crying a lot. Okay, well, when you leave here, this is, Sherry, what I'm saying if I was the divorce coach, which I'm not, by the way, I have no credentials. So I'm just saying if I was a divorce coach, I would say, when you leave here, I need you to call some schools, tell them you're interested, and then text me and make sh- I'll make, make sure that I know that you did it. <laughs> well, Jackie, I think you've just credentialed yourself. That is excellent advice. And let me say this. I think in some ways, there is an intersection of therapy with divorce coaching. But the thing I really like about coaching in particular is the homework. And you just did it. You gave someone homework. And it's got to be part of the process because you're asking us to help you through something that requires you to be held gently accountable. It's not about judgment or criticism. It's about you told me you want this. And now you've spent the last month just figuring out, you know, maybe how mad you are at your spouse, but that's not helping you. So let's let's just you can still be mad, but let's do these things. I'm very big on proactivity, taking steps in line with these values. Well, and that's what's so different about coaching and therapy. Coaching is about action and doing, and therapy is very valuable, but it's more about why did you marry this person? What were you thinking? What happened in your earlier life that led you to marry this person who you knew in your gut wasn't really right for you? Or why are you dating all these people who aren't right for you? And so that's where it's different. And I just love, I think people need both, honestly. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that when we discount one over the other, it can it cannot meet all of the needs that we have. So I so I think people can do both and very successfully do both for a period of time. Now, one question I get asked a lot is, how do I get over this? How can I get over my anger? How can I get, do you get into that? Are there practical things you can do for that? Absolutely. In part, I will say that one expression that I've never loved, time heals all wounds, is absolutely essential. I don't say it that way. But I do suggest that one step at a time, one day at a time is true and that time will make things better. But what I also do is make sure that a client is doing the things that you talked about earlier. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Are you moving your body? Are you engaging your mind? Are you thinking about taking care of yourself in your future? These are the things that are impactful for feeling better, not getting stuck. And, and not living honestly in relation to that spouse. 
as you divorce, because if we continue that, I call it the importance of unhooking. As long as we're hooked, and I really like that fish hook uh, visual, because it's like everything we're doing is about them still. And it's only when we can stop doing that, stop behaving in a way that doesn't serve us, that we do better. And that means not writing emails or texts or thinking about them all the time, but specifically taking a different path, forcing yourself to take a different path in some cases. I don't know why I just remembered this story, but when I was going through my divorce, I was talking to my sister one time and she goes to me, I just wish we could have a conversation where you didn't say he or him and instead say me and my. Oh, it's beautiful. Is is she a coach too? No, but she she would be good. (laughs) She nailed it. And it's fascinating. And sometimes it takes someone who's really close to us that really loves us to say the thing, right? But that's also what a coach can do because they can see you more objectively sometimes than someone else. And don't worry about fracturing that relationship because obviously you built this bond very specifically with them. I want to move on to how gray divorce is different from divorcing earlier in life. So tell me a few things that are different. So now you're at a stage and age where maybe your most productive working years are behind you. So you really have to think about the resources you have now. Now, we all hope to have planned for our futures, but maybe you didn't. Or maybe because you didn't divorce, you have never really looked in a granular way at your assets and liabilities. So now is the time because you have a more limited work life, potentially, a limited lifespan, although you're certainly looking at a next next chapter, to know what you have. And so it becomes even more crucial that you understand how that will look if you divorce. Okay, so that's one thing. Current income, future income, retirement assets, what you have. And then what else? Your health, you know, we talked, we touched on this earlier, not getting any younger. How do do you explore remaining healthy? And that's part of the self-care, but also what's your health insurance going to look like post-divorce? There's lots of good ways to get good health care, but it's not cheap. So if you're over 65, you may qualify for Medicare. You want to explore that, but think about what the actual cost will be to you if you've always been on a spouse's plan. Mm -hmm. Another thing is really, how are you doing health-wise and what is your competence level? What's your spouse's competence level? You have to really think about who's going to take care of you, who's going to take care of them, because, you know, you don't want, I know most of us don't, even if divorce is the right answer for your children to have a burden, right, of your former spouse. So how do you how do you assess and manage that and make sure, as you mentioned earlier, considering things like long-term care insurance is really important? I just thought of something else. Maybe somebody would think twice about a gray divorce because they're worried that their spouse can't take care of themselves. So they feel intensely guilty. Like, I can't leave him. And that is so sweet and kind. And it's it's very understandable. It sure is. And I really honor the, you know, the idea of till death do us part. And you certainly never, none of us wants to be the person who sort of gets out of Dodge just because things are tough. But I don't think that's what we're talking about exactly. I think we want to factor that in. But it could be this person had, you know, issues around addiction or mental health or something else for a long time. So 
In any case, there are usually a number of factors, but you do want to take the opportunity to assess them very carefully. Absolutely. What are some other things that are different in a gray divorce than like a divorce when you're young? Well, you likely, if you have children, they may be adults. And now you're going to have to think about not only how they manage it, there's a lot of good help for adult children of divorce, but also how your holidays will look, how your grandchildren, potentially, if you have them now, how you see them and interact with them. Really, there's more logistics involved, right? With good legal and financial planning, you can still offer security to your children if that's important to you, but you want to be as cooperative as you can with your former spouse or spouse at this point and make sure it's what you really want because what happens in gray divorce, often people remarry, right? Or repartner. And now you've brought whole other family systems into your life, but also your adult children's lives, which really can impact them in a really clear way. I do have to say though, a difference in gray divorce that I've sensed is that when there are these family gatherings, it's much more peaceful Don't you think, because you've been together for so long, that if you had to have Christmas with your ex-husband and your kids and their families, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as if you had it, if you guys had young kids and you were still in like your 30s or 40s, when there's all this anger and there's young kids and there's child support and alimony. This is like very different, I think. You know, what I love about you, Jackie, is you always take the high road. I'm immediately thinking of the TikTok I just saw in which the 70-year-old father announced to his adult children at dinner that he has a two-year-old child with a 30-year-old woman while still married to their mother. So, yes, in general, the drama can be less. But on TikTok, I see a lot of other things. So, wow. I think it's really, you know, for all of us to think about what is going on in your particular situation. And you're right. If you have a cooperative, non-personality disordered spouse, you should have a sense of maturity that gives you perspective on how to manage a family dinner. But apparently not everyone does. (laughs) That's unbelievable. But I do know somebody who had a child at 70 and a man, of course. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, But I know another couple who got divorced after 45 years of marriage. I was thinking of them when I said about how you can really have a nice family Christmas or whatever, because they they sure do. Last point I want to bring up is what about finding love again? Well, I first want to say that love is love. And I have recently talked to people in their 90s who are still on dating apps, which honestly sounds exhausting, Jackie, but it's it's a new world and a new chapter. I think that really you want to, to be open to the possibility of, of course, but not count on any particular outcome. And that's the challenge, right? Because most of us as we touched on earlier, want to be in partnership, but that can be partnership with a community of friends. It can be caretaking and loving of your grandchildren and children. What is that love for you? It doesn't necessarily have to be a new relationship love, but if it is important to you, then think about how you're going to get there. And no, I don't think it's yet all dating apps, but you know, we are headed there. So I think you have to really think about how you're going to carve out what's next and best for you. Well, I will say when I was working in the senior care industry, I visited 55 plus living communities 
independent communities, assisted living communities. And let me tell you, there was a lot of socializing and dating going on in those places. So it's definitely possible. And, you know, I met the love of my life at 49. So, I mean, it's always possible. I know people who are meeting people, like you said, in their 70s, 80s even. It's like no different than when we were like in our teens and 20s. There are so many similar characteristics in love. It's true. And it doesn't mean you have to think about a future of 50 years together, right? It's like you may find it more precious for that very reason. So I think the key to really all of this, Jackie, is mindset, right? How you approach each stage of gray divorce is about mindset and making really good decisions in line with your values, which certainly a divorce coach can help you do. But whether you have the support of a coach or not, make sure you're clear about what's in it for you and what's in it for your spouse and your children and be guided by your good judgment and make sure you get the support you need to do that. I just love it. And you know what, Sherry? I love how you said it doesn't have to be 50 years, because there's a lot of people after gray divorce who will say, he was the love of my life. I don't want to meet anybody because I'll never love anybody like that again. But why do you have to compare? You could meet someone that you date for a few years who's just your friend and you enjoy being with, and then you could break up and then you could meet someone else who means something else to you. Or you could fall madly in love and say, oh my gosh, I'm in, this is the love of my life. So you know, don't discount anything because life is full of surprises, really lovely surprises, especially when it comes to love. As April from The Golden Bachelor said on an interview after she left The Golden Bachelor, you know, Gary was great, but I'm a player and he's not. And she knew that about herself and about him. So look, love in your 60s and 70s is still about finding out who you are and who they are. And loving that and understanding it and having maybe better information than you would have had when you're younger. Sherry, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. You are just an amazing coach. You give wonderful advice. You're so full of energy. And I just really love talking to you. Jackie, thank you. It's my pleasure. So to my listeners, if you want to reach out to Sherry. She offers a free consultation and you can find her at DearDivorceCoach.com. And you can also find her in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. So in closing, if you are considering a gray divorce, I hope this podcast helped. I know you can do it if that's what you really want. Have confidence in yourself and make sure that you get the support you need. Either a therapist, a divorce coach, friends, family, or all of the above. If you want to read articles, listen to more podcasts, download my mobile app, sign up for my free consult, or find trusted vetted divorce professionals come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com thanks so much for listening everyone we'll talk to you real soon